Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I am here alongside my great mate, the birthday boy, Jeff Tate. Jeff, happy birthday. Hope you've had a wonderful day. Thank you, Cole. It's uh, the, the best birthday gift is getting this podcast recorded because we have not had a podcast with you and I since I looked it up before this, since the end of January, January 26th would have been our last podcast that we published. Um, Cole and I had two solo episodes in between that. And then last week, uh, Cole and I were in, uh, I went out, visited him in Arizona and it was just a hectic week with Valentine's uh, Day. We both have a special someone we have to take care of on that day. And so we wanted to just take a week off. But we're here. It's the home stretch of the college basketball season. And it's one of those things where it's a perfect time to dive back into the podcast with both of us because our I think I know people enjoyed our solo episodes, but it's definitely better when the two of us are talking and Coming up, this is going to be released on Friday, February 23rd. We are almost three weeks away from Selection Sunday, so it's one of the best days of the year, and Cole and I are ready, and we are ready for uh, good content for you guys and getting you guys ready for March Madness. Yeah, it is It is a great time, and this is honestly a great time for us to really uh, fully dive back in and even give maybe a little bit um, of our own insight on, on different teams that we like and, and kind of where uh, where the top of college basketball is right now. Because this is a lot of time to where people start to get back into it. Your, your general crowd of, of fans, of, of just general sports fans, um, football is over um, fully, whether it's college or NFL. And now those fans, it's like, all right, I'm now going to dive into college basketball, get ready for my bracket, start maybe learning a little bit so I can, you know, beat uh, my coworkers and my friends in my brackets. This is the time that everyone really starts to watch and it's like, oh, there's nothing else on. Like, I love college basketball. I'm going to go into that. So that, I'm talking to the casuals right there, the general sports fans. That's not Jeff and I. We've been watching uh, since the season uh, tipped off. But it, it is a very exciting time. And and this year, it's, it's so different because there's not – I would say a huge difference between the 12th ranked team in the country and the 40, 45th ranked team in the country, 50th ranked team in the country. I mean, teams are beating teams. There's so many good games on every single night. Even if there's not a number next to either, either of the team's names, there's probably still a good game on. Um, and that's just the depth and the balance of college basketball right now. And, and it is, if, if you just love watching sports and love watching college basketball more specifically, I mean, there's not really a dull night. Uh, most nights, there's just there's just a good game to watch if you just if you just like basketball. So um, it is nice that we're not seeing as many blowouts this year. And the top teams are, I think they're 50 percent this year. The top 10 teams are or top five teams are 50 percent on the road this year, which is crazy. So it it is it is a very fun year um, with with college basketball on a good game every single night. Even if maybe the matchups don't look crazy on paper, they're still going to be a probably a really good game. Yeah, it's. I feel like college basketball is always chaotic during the regular season, but it just feels different this year. Like I have experienced the most up and down season as a fan of Michigan State basketball this year because there are stretches where they look like, okay, this team can make a Final Four, and then there's stretches like, is this team even going to make the NCAA tournament? And that's the reality for a lot of really good teams as well. I mean, Michigan State was a team coming in the year very highly regard. I mean, most people – they were probably one of the best picks to win the national championship. 
But you got another team that was preseason top 10, USC, who's a team all these people were on, maybe not top 10, but I think they were top 15 coming into the year. This team that everyone was really high on, thought they'd be a really good team. And they, I mean, they are horrible. And it's just, college basketball is hard to win. It's hard to consistently be good. And what Cole and I want to do tonight is go through the top 15 teams in the country and then maybe a few else outside of that and tell you why this team can win a national championship and also give you some areas to just be aware of in terms of why this team could also struggle. And so we're starting off right at the top with a team that I just talked about. Consistency has been pretty consistent, and that's UConn. But in the last seven days, last Saturday, they go play Marquette at home, blow them out. 28-point win. It was never a game And then they play this week on Tuesday at Creighton, which is a hard place to go play, and they lose by 19. So to sum up college basketball in a whole, there it is. Like, number one team in the country. And I think most people would say this is the number one team in the country, and and I would have to agree because they're so balanced. The reason I like UConn, five scores in double figures. That's That's something that serves you so well in March because... If you have, like, look at, for example, we'll get to Purdue in a few minutes, but Purdue last year, their only guy really was Zach Eady. Well, March Madness, you're getting the best. You've Everybody has watched you play all year. Now, your uh, matchups aren't against teams you've probably played against. Like, you look at a one against 16, they probably haven't played each other. But you can game plan to stop one guy. I know Zach Eady's that good, and you can slow him down. You can't probably stop him. But when you have five guys averaging double figures it means a lot and they're all five different type of players they can start all five of these guys and I mean they don't uh, I think the thing I think about them is they got Donovan Klingon he's back he was the guy coming into the year that was supposed to replace Adama Sonogo Sonogo was the best player on the national championship team last year I think this is a better UConn team than last year and that's crazy to say because they get good play out of transfer Cam Spencer from Rutgers. He has had a great year, almost 15 a game, shooting it really efficiently um, from the field. I mean, he's at almost 44% from three. And then they also bring in Stefan Castle, the five-star freshman. So UConn, probably all around, is our best team in the country. The one thing I would say with them, uh, they're not super deep. Uh, they really only go seven deep, um, and that's – or they, they go eight deep, I guess, if you want to factor in Solomon Ball. But that's a little concerning because I think in March it's good to have depth. It's good to have 10 guys you not exactly trust like the same level, but it's good to have guys you can go deep into the bench for. And I think they're close, but I think if there's any weakness to them, it is that. Because this team is seasoned. They've Most of these guys were on the team last year when they won a national championship, and that's why they're the best team. And Right now, they're the heavy, heavy favorite to win it all, Cole. Yeah, there, there's a lot of guys, um, a lot of teams that are lacking depth this year. So at the very least, with, with how spread out college basketball is right now um, and balanced it is, I, I don't think the, they're definitely, they definitely lack depth, but so do a lot of other teams and a lot of other contenders. Um, so it, it's in a year that to lack depth, I'd probably choose it to be this year when so many other teams lack that as well. Um, and like you said, the production from 
one to eight is is very very good though for those or one one to seven um very good production from this from this roster and it, it seems that i mean their losses are at kansas at seton hall which it's there's that's whatever i mean everyone has a blemish like that and then at creighton like if you if you're a great team your three losses are going to come on the road um, in tough environments. Seton Hall is a tough place to play. Kansas is a tough place to play. Creighton is a good team, and it's a tough place to play. Um, and and Cray- Creighton is, is sneaky. I think they've been playing we'll, – we'll get into them later, but I, I just think they've been playing not as good as they, they should have been all year, um, and they needed that. They were desperate for that win um, on Tuesday. But it, I, it's, it's weird. This team is, a, is in a way better place than they were last year at this time in the season. And that team went on a pretty historically dominating tournament run. Like they didn't have a lot of close games at all, a lot of blowouts. So it is, it's weird to think this team is in a better spot than they were last year. And and in some ways that could be scary. Um, But it makes me think of Michigan back in 2013, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway. They were not playing very great, kind of like UConn was near the end of the year last year. Um, they, they went in the tournament being a four seed, went on a crazy run, obviously lost to Louisville in the national championship. And the next year, they were way better and more consistent throughout the year, but ended up losing in the Elite Eight. Um, so it, it, it makes me, it just reminds me of that, that this team, obviously this is a little bit of a, I would say higher caliber than Michigan was back then, but it is, it reminds me of that, of having a lot of your stars and really good guys go to the NBA and, and leave the school and still returning with the guys who are up next. And, and not a lot of people will argue with how great Michigan's culture was. And to be able to do this year over year says a lot about Darren Hurley and the culture that he's created there. And it is, it is, it's been a very, um, in a year with, where there was a lot of inconsistency with the top teams, UConn is an outlier in that sense. Speaking of culture, number two, Houston. Uh, I love this team. And I've always liked Houston because I respect a team that guards you. Like, they are the best team in the country at defending. They're number one in Ken Palm uh, for defensive efficiency. If any of you got the chance to watch Iowa State and Houston Monday night, it was a brawl. Like, probably probably a lot of fouls weren't being called, but that's the, that's the way Houston is. I like Houston a lot this year because they're in a conference where they're challenged every single night. Last year, they're in the American. The last few years, obviously, they've been in the American, and they get to the tournament, and that's their hardest games they've played all year. I don't think Houston entering the tournament this year is in that boat because I think they're, they are playing games where they're playing Kansas, they're playing Baylor, they're playing Iowa State. They're playing the best teams in the country, and they're winning those games. Yes, they've lost to, they've lost to Kansas on the road, and they lost to Iowa State on the road in the Big 12. Nothing wrong with those two losses at all. They're led by two amazing TCU. and TCU. They're led by two very good guards in Jamal Shedd and LJ Cryer. LJ Cryer played with Baylor and has just, you can tell he's brought, um, Baylor obviously is a few years removed from winning a national championship. You can tell that LJ Cryer has the the experience of someone that's won a national championship, and he's brought that to this team, and they're just tough. Emmanuel Sharp, Jawan Roberts. Um, this is one of my favorite teams in the country, Cole. And with their their only weakness, I would say, is sometimes the ability to score. They're not. I mean, in the metrics, they're pretty good still offensively. They're just outside the top fifteen. But if there's any 
slight bit of weakness with Houston. It's offensively, and they're still really good offensively. Defensively, they're going to make it a nightmare for anybody they play in the tournament. Yeah, this is a very suffocating team, um, and they will just break your will and beat you by 20, and they don't care. They are like they have they are built like a championship team, I think, with a championship mentality, and they have kind of the DNA of that. Um, but like you said, the I think the one place that you know if they if they have a, a game where a team is just which we've seen this happen plenty of times, it's, it's basketball where a team is just every shot they're throwing up is going in, even if you're playing great defense. That that happens sometimes. Um, Houston can't score with them. Uh, sometimes they can, but if there's a game where Houston's playing how they would do on an average day and a team is just, you know, they, they could close their eyes and make the shot on, on one of those days, which, which happens in the tournament. Often that's how we see upsets like that. That is where I think we, you, you get worried and you hope that that doesn't happen. If you're a Houston fan in the tournament, um, I obviously I would bet that that won't happen. Um, I think once they get to the top, like they match up, very well with every top team. They can play with anyone in the country. They play, they are leading the best conference in the, uh, in the country right now. So obviously they've proven that, but I would say if you have any room to be worried, it is that lack of scoring. And if a team just gets on one of those hot streaks where they're pulling up just in front of half court and just hitting everything, it's just one of those days, like that would terrify me as a Houston fan. But other, other than that, like they, there's not a lot of holes. It's like, yeah, you would probably just need to be pretty lucky on offense that day if you're going to put up points on this team. And defense always travels. And like you said, though, basketball is one of the sports where you can play good defense and a team can still score. So that is that is definitely a real thing heading to March. So three, Purdue. Uh, Purdue, I think if you had to group these teams, I think it's like if Tier 1A, I would say it's Purdue, UConn, and Houston. I would say right now. So this rounds out the, I would say the probably your three most popular picks in a few weeks when brackets are filled out. And Purdue is different than they were last year, and that's their strength. They don't just rely on Zach Eady. Yes, Zach Eady is averaging 23 a game, 12 rebounds a game, but their guard play has been outstanding, and you need good guard play in March. It's what I like about Houston with Shad and Cryer. They have Lance Jones and Braden Smith. Those two have played so good this year consistently. Lance Jones transferred from Southern Illinois. He is a very good basketball player. He's tough. He plays good defense. Um, and even they have Fletcher Lawyer, who he's – I wouldn't group him with those two because he's very – he can be very streaky. But I like this Purdue team a lot. They have weird losses in the Big Ten, like you lose to Ohio State last weekend. Um, you lose to um, Northwestern early in the year. It's – they're on the road, nothing at home. Uh, anytime they're at home, it's a really good result, and they're a really good team. They're, I'm saying the weakness here is his, history. I know that's a, it's maybe not a fair uh, criticism, and it's not really basketball-related, but they haven't done it. They haven't been to a Final Four in forever, and this team with a lot of these guys – was bounced last year in the first round, and that's real. You you can't get over that. Now you can be what Virginia did a few years ago and go and win a national championship, and I think that's definitely in the cards for Purdue. Yeah, they they have – this is their best shot, even better than last year. I think their guard play is better this year, um, which is absolutely huge. One, for taking some of the pressure off Edie, and the defense can't fully focus on him. And two, you need good, capable, take-care-of-the-ball, make-good-decision guards – 
to make runs in the tournament. And, and the guard play at Purdue right now, they just have a lot of smart, good, good guards on that team. And, um, and they've, they're not, they don't care about, there's no way this team cares about their in-season success um, because they felt all that success one seed last year. And so they're not going to be satisfied. They're going to come into this tournament with a chip on their shoulder. Um, but like you said, we've seen this team before and they lost in the first round, but we've also, the only other time a team's lost in the first round, they've won the national championship the next year. And, and Purdue has uh, as good of a shot as anyone, maybe even the best shot, according to some people, to win the uh, national championship. They have the guys. Um, I think they have everything they need to to go and make a run and win the national championship. But there is that looming cloud of make it out of the round of 16, history, like what happened last year, um, embarrassment. So um, it depends on how this team attacks it. My assumption is they're going to come in to their first round of one versus 16 team and not play around at all and just play the whole tournament with a chip on their soldier on their shoulder to really uh redeem the bad taste in everyone who every college basketball fan's mouth that they have of Purdue from last year so I think they have everything to prove and they're gonna come into this tournament with a fire under their butt Cole, one of the weirdest teams in the top uh, 15 for me is Arizona I really like them a lot early December I was like you know what this team's got it. I'm a little, I don't know what to think about them. They are number four team in the country, 20 and five. They're going to run away, most likely, in my opinion, with the Pac 12. Big game tonight for them. They play Washington State. Huge game. And uh, it's, it's in Arizona. So that's a positive because this team has lost only on the road this year. Um, Caleb Love is a really good March Madness player. Like, and he's a really good regular season player, but he's had really good moments in the NCAA tournament. His big shot to end Coach K's career uh, in Duke, North Carolina Final Four two years ago. But they just, outside of him, they do, it's weird because they have five, all five uh, starters average double figures. And I just said how I love that with UConn. Um, I, I think sometimes, though, Caleb Love gets very, uh, it's my time. I want to take this shot. It's about me. Um, he's really good at it. Like, he's, he does it at a very high level. The thing I want to say about them, I, I do think they're really good offensively, and they do have legit guys to be able to throw it into. Omar Balo, he's got to get better at free throw shooting. That's going to kill them. He's 50% on the year, and he's taken – over 130 attempts so that's not a small volume like he's making half of his free throws and Kashad Johnson I like him a lot he played with San Diego State last year he's been there he's been to a national championship and I do like him the thing I don't like about this team is I don't think they've been tested well I don't think the Pac-12 sucks um Pac-12 for football was amazing like Pac-12 was the best conference in football and basketball it's really struggled this year and I don't know how tested they're going to be when they enter the tournament. And I've always kind of been skeptical of those. Like, obviously, they're not like a mid-major. But I've always been skeptical of, like, how those teams do when they get to the tournament. And I just was, this is a random thing. They're going to be in the Big 12 next year. That's going to be so much fun because the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball. And you're going to add Arizona to that. So uh, that's my kind of take on Arizona. Not as high on them, maybe, as the four ranking in the country. 
uh, is showing, but still a really good team that has a lot of talent. Yeah, I I like the team a lot. Um, I think they've had a lot of growing pains this year. They've had times where they've they were number one in the country at one point. They beat Duke at Duke. They they've had some great wins and, and they've looked really really good at times. And other times, like does this team even know how to play basketball anymore? Um, I think they've ironed those out, especially having um, I mean two two pretty real chance transfers in Caleb Love and Kashad Johnson. So um, I think they have the makeup. I mean, that's two players who have gone to a national championship and those two guys before. So I think Caleb Love is, is playing smarter uh, than he, than he did last year for sure, which isn't a huge upgrade, but he definitely still has those, those times where it's like, what is he doing? Why did he shoot that? Um, but I don't know. I like, I like Balo. I like the makeup of the team. Um, I think this team is also going to be a team that comes in with a chip on their shoulder from getting bounced early, but they're also a team who historically gets bounced early. So um, I'm excited to watch both Purdue and Arizona once it comes tournament time to see how they respond to their um, upsets last year. But I do really like the makeup of this team, and I think they have um, between Caleb Love, Balo, and, and Kashad Johnson, I just think the, 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 the mix between the guys who have been there before and the talent and um, just, I feel like every piece of the puzzle is there for where they can absolutely make a run. Um, and you know what, maybe playing in the pack 12, they've also got a little, little rest and not playing in a physical big East or big 12 every single night, where you're sweating out games and playing your starters every single minute, maybe even overtime sometimes. So um that could hurt them, but it also could greatly benefit them. They could be pretty fresh heading into tournament time. So, um, yeah, I like this Arizona team a lot, actually. Um, and I didn't think I would about a month and a half ago, two months ago. But, um, yeah, I think they, they're, they're rounding well. And I think that they they look way more – they look way better than last year and way more capable than last year. Huge game tonight. That's def- Obviously, this is after the fact. You guys aren't going to be – uh, listening to this when the game, uh, it's already been over, but big game, huge game. Washington State's yeah. been fun. Yeah, we almost bought tickets and, and drove down. It was like it's like a two-hour drive, um, but decided decided not to. It would be a late night. Game starts at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, so that's late. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a good one, and Washington State's never – like really been in this situation their last tournament appearance is 2008 i think so they have a, one of the longest droughts in the uh power six um in the country so they are feeling something that they've never felt before um so it is a game and, and washington state's one game behind the lead they win this game then we're tied and so it, this is a lot to play for tonight it's gonna be a good one next up i have a coach that has been to a lot of ncaa tournaments and that is rick barnes with tennessee number five team in the country Tennessee was really trendy. I would say late November, early February or early uh, December, and kind of has gone down in terms of a lot of people's uh, mind. I really like this Tennessee team. Uh, I think they have all the makings of a team that can win in March because they defend really well and they have a elite elite score in Dalton Kinnett. And I think they have the guys that have been in the tournament. Like you look at Zakai Ziegler, you look at Josiah Jordan James, Santiago Vescovi. All three of these guys have been staples of Tennessee the last few years. And they bring in the good transfer in Dalton Kinnett. And then they bring in another transfer in Jordan Ganey. I think this team just has a lot of pieces. Uh, you look at them, they probably realistically go eight deep with 
guys that you definitely can see play and they would play at a high level in an NCAA tournament game. So I like that, that they have that go-to score. And Dalton Kinnett is just a all-around like talent. He's a guy that's going to make himself some money um, going into the NBA uh, combine and draft time. Um, a thing I would say that I would say counteracting what I just said about they have a lot of experience they haven't really gotten far in the last few years in the tournament, um, and I think they have some guys that could get exposed. The guy Ziegler is a small guy. If you have a bigger point guard that can post him up, I think that could give them lots of fits. And then after Dalton Kinnett, they don't really have that go-to guy. They have a lot of guys spread out, but they don't have that next guy that I kind of talk about Purdue having that problem last year. I could see that happening in a March game with Tennessee. But I like this Tennessee team a lot. I like Rick Barnes. He's had good success in March. Um, keep an eye out for Tennessee coming up. Yeah, they're they're still very, very strong defensively. Uh, now they just have a scorer on that team. Um, he isn't – Connect hasn't been great on defense, which is, I would say, his only flaw – um, by any means, but he is... He's terrible at defense. Yeah, yeah. He is an elite scorer. Like, he is so fun to watch on offense. He he is he is a special, special talent. He's he's one of the few people, I think, in the country that if you just turn on his game, you will just have a great time watching him play. Um, but if he disappears, that team doesn't make it far. If he, if he doesn't show up for one game, they are very vulnerable to being bounced in the tournament. So... Um, I think if he stays locked in and is, is just plays his game and plays very well uh, offensively, then this team has a, has a very good shot. But it, one game, he's gone. That's one and done. You're out. So I think that is, that's their recipe for losing is if he doesn't show up and score 20-something points. Agreed. Great. That's a, that is about as good as I think you can sum up Tennessee so far this year. Number six, Iowa State. Uh, they're the boring team of the top 15. They are the... They are a defensive-oriented team, number third in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. I'm going to tell you right now, this team is just, they're kind of like Houston, but not as good offensively. I said We said Houston struggles offensively, but when you look at just the metrics and everything, Houston's still top 16. Iowa State comes in at 39 offensively in terms of efficiency. I watched a game Monday night against Houston. I don't know who their go-to guy is. They do have four guys averaging double figures. Uh, Kashawn Gilbert has really emerged of late. He's a he's, he's a streaky guy, but he can get it going. Him and Tamin Lindsay are their really good backcourt. A uh, kind of versatile, like stretch three or stretch four, uh, versatile three men as well. Milan Mamakovic is a really good player for Iowa State. He's a he's a matchup nightmare, kind of how he plays. Um, but their weakness, I, it, it is, out of all the teams we've talked about, weaknesses offensively and that, theirs is offensively. I, I, they stalled out. They scored four points in the first 10 minutes of the game against Houston. Now that's Houston, the best team defensively in the country. But that's a real concern once you get past um, – Oh, they got to win, obviously, their first game in the tournament. But once you get to the games where you're playing maybe higher scoring teams, yes, you defend really well, but how can you score against those teams? So that's my weaknesses for Iowa State. But they're still a really fun team that is not going to be fun to play against in March. Yeah, and they are elite when they're in Ames, Iowa. They, that, that home atmosphere is 
is really one of the best in the country this year. Um, and they don't lose a lot of games at home, really none. Um, and they are team. That's where, that's where good teams have gone to die this year. Um, and the, the crazy thing about the tournament, um, I think this affects Iowa state more than anyone else's. Uh, it's not play to names. Uh, they're going to have to not feed off that, um, feed off there. They don't have a, a crowd to feed off of, but I mean, they've won 20 games. They've won road games. It's just, it is, it is not, it is, it's going to be tough when they play some of those better teams and they don't have, you don't feel like you have the full like Iowa state support behind you. Cause that, they really do this. I've never, I have maybe Nebraska is the only other team I think feeds off their home crowd in the country like Iowa state. And I think that is going to be tough for them. Um, come tournament time when they start facing some of the more top level teams. Next up is a team kind of in the Midwest as well. And that's Marquette. Okay. Marquette. They're a team that last year I did get a watch end their season. Michigan state beat them. And it's a very similar thought process to me going into March with Marquette. I like their backcourt a lot. Tyler Kolick He's going to be an All-American. I think last night he had 18 assists against DePaul. Now, DePaul is, like, horrible. DePaul is probably the worst Power 6 team there is, and I don't think it's close. Um, and so Tyler Cole, Cam Jones, these guys are really good. This team defends at a really good level. Um, outside of those two, they have Oso Igadaro, who I like a lot, too. He's kind of that versatile 4-5 um, man that's just really athletic. I just don't know with Marquette, with last year happening. Now, this could be, Cole, you could be looking at this as like a Purdue-Arizona type as well um, in terms of a team that got bounced early. Now, I think the team they got bounced to, obviously, I'm biased, Michigan State, but I think that was a really good Michigan State team. So I see Marquette not having a great March. Um, And I also see, though, they have the talent to go on a run. And they have four or five guys that can score the ball, and that is important. But I kind of see similarities in Marquette that I saw last year. It's most of the same guys. They did have a few guys that went to the NBA. Um, Olivier Prosper is the one I can really think of. He's a really good guy. Um, but that's kind of what I see in Marquette, Cole. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good team. It's, it's a well-coached team. Uh, they don't shoot themselves in the foot often, but I, they lack. They have a high floor. Uh, but I don't think they have that that final gear to get into that 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 gear that I think some other teams have like uh, like UConn has like Houston has I mean I think Alabama has a higher gear than them but they also have a, a way a way deeper floor um, but I, I think Marquette is a, is a is a high floor low ceiling kind of team right now and I just don't think they have they don't have that 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 next gear they need to get to that that some of the contenders have so I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and. Uh, tell you that this is a team that I am writing off in the tournament. I don't. They they very well could go far, but I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to lose in the first round. I just don't see a Final Four berth from this team. I like that we're kind of on the same page with them. And a lot of the brackets I've been seeing, they're matched up. And a lot of the projections, and there's so many of them, but a lot of the ones I'm seeing, they have Michigan State in that region as well. So playing them maybe in the second round. So I love that because I think that's another team the Spartans could beat, possibly. But next up, Duke, eighth in the country. And I think this Duke team, Cole, is kind of underrated. Being eight in the country, we're going to get to North Carolina here in a second. 
I think Duke's better than North Carolina. And Duke has had an emergence the last week in their five-star freshman guard in Jared McCain. Jared McCain's coming off a game last weekend where he had 35 points. And the week before, he had two games of 17 points and 10 rebounds and 11 points and 10 rebounds. I love guards that rebound. And this guy isn't big. I mean, he's six. I think he's 6'3", if that. And so he crashes the board. He does all the things you need. They have, obviously, Kyle Filipkowski. He's their, he's their big name, go-to guy. Um, he's. I've watched the last few games. He's not been the go-to guy. They've really been guard heavy with Jared McCain and Jeremy Roach. And then they have Tyrese Proctor, who I like a lot. He's probably the best pro prospect they have. And then Mark Mitchell. He has a really goofy jump shot. It's one of the worst jump shots in college basketball, but he plays hard. 13 a game, six rebounds. This is a team that I just think you see Caleb Foster coming off the bench. You see them, they're either going to play Ryan Young or Sean Stewart. Ryan Young's the bully type big, and Sean Stewart's the more athletic, lengthy big. They're going to be able to be, bring one of them in. The concern with this team is their their depth. Now, I did just talk about those two. If Filipkowski gets in, in foul trouble, uh, their front court goes really poorly i think their guards they can afford some foul trouble because they have four guards that i think john shire trusts in a march madness game but their weakness is definitely the front court after kyle filipkowski um but i like this duke team a lot i think they have a lot of balance and i think they're really talented young guys are starting to take that next step and i think they need that come march so i i do like duke a lot sitting there at number eight yeah, I think I, I think this team is more talented in North Carolina. I don't know if North Carolina if they're better than North Carolina though. Um, they have a lot of talent, and if they, you were to tell me this team wins a national championship this year, I'd be like, okay, like that makes sense probably. Like that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I, I, it's it seems it's it's just been kind of weird. I feel like there's not much of an identity uh, with this team. Uh, something for them to just like lean back on. Uh, I, I can't really put a finger to it, but it doesn't feel the same. Maybe it's just Coach K not being there. I don't. Maybe that's my brain's just broken. But it does feel like this team doesn't have much of an identity. Although they have kind of seemed like they've maybe been leaning in and finding one in the last few games. Uh, it's a very talented team. They can go very far, but I there's just something about them that that doesn't feel like it feels like there's an intangible there that they don't have right now. Um, and it just seems like a bunch of talent that isn't, that doesn't know exactly like what to do, who they are when they get hit in the face. Like they, I don't know if they have that one thing they can lean back on and like, Oh, we know this, we get punched in the face. We'll just rely on this and it'll, it'll work. So that's the one kind of, that's the thing that worries me about Duke, but I do think that they are, um, sneakily, which is crazy that Duke is a sneaky team right now, but they are sneakily, uh, one of the best contenders, I would say. Yeah, and the front court is a real concern. Like, yeah, that's a that's something that you, you – bigs pick up fouls a lot easier than guards do. And if Philip Halsey picks up some early fouls in a March Madness game, I'd be concerned. So number nine, Kansas. This is a team I wanted to talk to you about for a little bit now. This team, their strength is their starting lineup. Like Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McCuller, K.J. Adams – and then they have the veteran presence, Dewan Harris, and then Johnny Furphy 
the five, or I think he's he was a borderline four or five star from Australia. He has really emerged for this team as their three man, and that that's their strength right there. They have a really good starting lineup. When they go to the bench, their bench is one of the biggest concerns I have of these top fifteen teams because it's it, there's it's non-existent. They have El Marco Jackson, who is a five star, really good freshman who I've just not been impressed with, but I think he's a guy that you're gonna see. Like kind of like a Frank Mason type, you're going to see in a few years, he's going to be really good if he sticks it out at Kansas. Right now, it's not there. Um, and then they have Nick T- Timberlake, who's a transfer that they wanted a lot more out of. I don't think he's that good. And it's just, once you get past those starting five, it's a big concern. And I like the starting five because we thought Dickinson was going to be their best player. And Kevin Kohler is their best player. Dickinson has, I mean, you look at his stats and I'm saying he's not the best player. He's averaging 18 and 11 a game. So that's he's clearly putting up really good stats. But I'm really concerned about that bench in March for Kansas. And I've seen I've seen Kansas, though, still look pretty good. I mean, you, you destroy, well, not destroy, but they beat Houston by double figures. But then it's like on Monday, uh, last Monday, they get blown out at Texas Tech. Lose by almost 30 points. Now, McCuller didn't play in that game, so that factors into it. But really concerned with their bench, Cole. Yeah, they have no depth. Uh, I talked about them when I did my, my solo episode. Um, I wrote kind of in, in, in depth on this team. They they really they, – they're not consistent. And that obviously comes with, with the lack the lack of depth. There's guys that, that they just missed on. Maybe it was recruits or transfers that – um, they projected to be better than they are. And, and when those don't hit, all your depth goes away. Cause obviously you have your five studs that are starting like an incredible starting five, maybe the best starting five in the country. Um, but after that, like you need more than five guys to win a national championship and to be a consistent team. And, and we've very clearly seen that lack of consistency this year. Um, like, like you said, they, they go and beat a really good Houston team, a huge, huge win for them this year. Um, and they get blown out a few days later. So it is, it is Kansas. Um, I'm pretty sure they did that another time. I think it was like when I talked about it a few weeks ago, they lost to, uh, was it Kansas state after getting a really good win that the, the Saturday before that. And so I think, was it, did they play Kentucky? No, it was Gonzaga, but either way, it was a really good game. No, they played um, Houston. They beat Houston and lost to Kansas state the next game. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they are, they're, it's Kansas. Uh, that's just who they are this year, and I'm. That's I, I talked about them last time. That's everyone knows what I think of Kansas, and I don't. I don't see them. They could go far, but I don't see. Uh, I don't see them doing that. Uh, I don't see their depth leading them that far. North Carolina next. We just talked about their rival Duke. The thing I'm a little. North Carolina was all the way up to number three in the country. They've lost three out of their last six. And their three losses have been to non-tournament teams, which is a little concerning for me. They lost at Georgia Tech, lost at home to Clemson. Now, Clemson may get in, probably not. but And then they lost at Syracuse, and Syracuse isn't good this year. And they, this upcoming weekend, play at Virginia. That's a huge game for North Carolina, one I'm going to be definitely tuned into just to kind of see what they're – what they've learned about themselves these last few losses, and they're going at Virginia. It's a hard place to play. Virginia's coming off a blowout loss against Virginia Tech. So North Carolina, I love R.J. Davis. It all starts with R.J. Davis. That guy's been around. Um, He was Caleb uh, Love's backcourt mate two years ago when they beat Duke. 
Really like, really like him. Armando Baycott's a guy that is probably one of the best bigs in the country and has started to kind of get it going. Five straight double-doubles for him and some dominant play from him, and they need that. They have to have him clicking on all cylinders heading into March. Um, and then I really like the two transfers they brought in. Harrison Ingram from Stanford to over 12 a game, nine rebounds. And then Cormac Ryan, the sharpshooter from Notre Dame. Um, he is not shooting it as good as he had shot it at Notre Dame or at Notre Dame and then he was at Stanford before that. Um, he's down to 31%, but he is a much better three-point shooter than 31% would show. I like this North Carolina team. I think they have a lot of complementary pieces for winning in March. Um, I just their trend of late is a little concerning to me. They end the year at Duke, so that's one I'm really interested to see. They're battling it out. They're both 12 and 3 in the ACC, and it is going to come down to that last game, and that's how that rivalry should go. So I'm a higher on Duke than North Carolina. Um, I think probably right now, to this point, North Carolina has been the better team, but and they obviously beat Duke, but I'm a little higher on Duke than I am North Carolina. Yeah, I'm higher on North Carolina than I am on, on Duke. They have guys who, who have made the run before. Andre Davis, Armando Baycott were the the two and Caleb, if Caleb Love was the third, but those three were um, pivotal. A lot of minutes in the tournament on their run. Um, and bringing in, like you said, Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan, I love the makeup of, you have the um, just the, the obvious talent and RJ Davis, the strong big man go get rebounds does everything you want and need a big man to do uh and the sharpshooter in in Cormac Ryan I really like their makeup I think they have um they built their roster um in a way that it will they can beat teams in a lot of different ways um and I think that's so important in the tournament they, they can play a lot of different styles obviously they've had some alarming losses which um you don't want to see that kind of rear its ugly head uh, come tournament time. But, um, yeah, I, I do really like uh, this North Carolina team, and, and I just I like the way they're built. And um, it seems like a lot of their holes are just filled with good players. Um, uh, I feel like every position on the court is covered well for them. And, I, yeah, I like, I like North Carolina. I think I, I, lo- I like their – the veterans that they have on that team, um, the guys who have made the run before. And I, I do think North Carolina has a really good shot and, and I will take them in a tournament game over Duke. I think that um, that experience will uh, would carry them over Duke, I think, if they play in a tournament game. Well, hey, hopefully we get uh, two more, well, maybe even three if they met in the NCAA tournament. But hopefully we get one for sure. They maybe are on crash course to play in the ACC championship. So we might get some really good Duke, North Carolina games. They are a lot different without Roy Williams and Coach K, but they're still the best rivalry in college basketball. So number 11, I love this team. I love Baylor. Now record eh, 19 and seven, it's nothing crazy. Um, And obviously that's, that is a lot of losses, but six players averaging double figures. I love that. I love the balance. Um, He's, Coach, or uh, Scott Drews brought in the, he's brought in a really interesting team. Two really good freshmen, Jacoby Walter, he's a five-star freshman, and uh, Yves Missy, who's a really good big. This guy is one of the better bigs that Scott Drew has had. He brings in two really good transfers um, this past year. Ray J. Dennis from Toledo, he was a really good point guard, best MAC player of the year. And Jaden Nunn, who was a really good player for a VCU team, that made the NCAA tournament. Last year, he brings in 
uh, Jalen Bridges from West Virginia, and then Langston Love, he recruited. So it's a hodgepodge of guys. They have a lot of talent. Their highest scorer a game is 14 a game, and that's Jacoby Walter. But I've watched them when, like, Jaden Nunn a few night, or a few weeks ago against Oklahoma has 27 points and just can't miss from three. The next night he has 20. They have a lot of good balance. Um, they're, I would say their downside is they just are not good defensively. They are 87th in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency, which is weird because Scott Drew usually has really good defensive teams, but they lack that this year. But on the other side, they're the fourth best offense in the country, so they can put the ball in the net. I like this team a lot. They're fun to watch. Um, Big game this weekend. They play home or at Houston. Or No, actually, they're home against Houston this weekend, and then they go next weekend home against Kansas. So two massive games for Baylor. They get just opened a brand-new arena. It's beautiful. Big week for Baylor. Yeah, um, very big week for Baylor. They came off a, a tough loss. I think it was against – was that BYU they played and lost to the other day? But Yep, yeah. just lost so last night. They are – they're young. Um, they have very they have they have young guys with big production, um, which that's tough come tournament time, especially in the day of college basketball where a lot of teams are veterans right now. A lot of the top teams have a lot of upperclassmen, so it, I think I think Baylor is. I don't. You're, you're you must either you're their rival or you're stupid if you don't like if you can't even respect Baylor basketball and and, and Scott Drew and, and what they've done over the years they're they're such a likable team they do it the right way um, and they've been just the picture of consistency i mean they have guys leaving every year and they're still you know just continuing to reload and, and perform the culture there is great um, and i do think that great coaching and great culture can can lead you very far in a season and I mean, we see teams all the time just get hot at the right time in March, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if this, this team did it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they made it, you know, lost in the second round or Sweet 16. So um, it's a good team. I like them a lot. Like, I root for them, um, but I don't know if it's a team I'm throwing some money on either. Illinois, number 12 in the country. Probably the best backcourt in the Big Ten, especially with Terrence Shannon coming back. I love Marcus Damas, the transfer from Southern Illinois. He is – he is really fun to watch. He's an old school guard. Uh, he's a big guard. He's I think six four, six five, um, but he can back you down um, and score in the post. But he also is a really good shooter. Um, he's averaging over fifteen a game. Coleman Hawkins. He is a he's a guy you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against. He's he's not like he's not dirty like Draymond Green is, but he's very similar to that. He gets a lot of technicals for talking. Um, I think he. He probably, I don't have the stats for how many technicals he has, but definitely has the most technicals in the Big Ten because I've watched and I've seen him get at least four or five. So he is a tough-nosed guy. Um, they've, they lost Penn State last night, which is weird, but that crowd was crazy, and Penn State uh, has been trending upwards, I would say, recently. Um, outside of Shannon DeVasque, they do have, I mentioned Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Gary, the transfer from Oregon, has been really good for them as well. Justin Harmon has been emerging off of the bench. Um, they're not good defensively either. Uh, Ken Palm has them at the 58th best team in the country on defense. They get in some really high-scoring games. Um, you look at, just for example, you look at last night, they lost 90-89 to to Penn State. The night week before, they gave up 80 to Maryland, and Maryland's not a good offensive team, so... 
I worry about that aspect in Illinois because they can score the ball, but they also can give up a lot of points. And in March, you have to have um, good defensive games, I think. And so that is my big concern with them. Yeah, Coleman Hawkins is easily the most hateable player in college basketball. Um, I I personally just don't like Illinois, like in general, like as a fan, um, not necessarily like their roster, but um, and and but I also don't think this is a team that's going to go far at all. I think it's a team that's going to get bounced again. Their offense is good, yes, but their defense is is bad, and I don't think that bodes well for um, come tournament play. And and I think that their their rating is a little inflated because they are playing in a, in a much weaker big 10 conference this year. Um, and I, I, I think this is this team. Um, I think they're a bit, a bit of a fraud top 15 team. In my opinion, I do think there are a lot of people. I see why people think they're really good. Um, but my kind of fraud uh, meter is, is through the roof. It's kind of just going off my head and I can't get myself to, to believe in this team, but I also don't like them. So they could be biased in that. Um, against them, but I really, I don't, I don't think this team has what it takes to, uh, to make it far in the tournament at all. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it out of the first weekend again, because they just never make it out of the first weekend ever. So yeah, I don't, I don't like them. And I think the big 10, the, the lack of talent in the big 10 this year has, uh, sort of inflated their rating. Yeah. They, uh, they don't make it far in the tournament. That is definitely a fact. Uh, best team in the country offensively by Ken Palm. Alabama, number 13 in the country. They can score. Um, their their weakness is defense. They are, they're not good defensively. They're 73rd. And so far, out of all the teams we've talked about, the only worst one has been Baylor defensively. So Alabama, they, they want to get in shootouts with you. Um, they have a really good point guard in Mark Sears. Mark Sears was a guy that when I was at Western, Michigan was Ohio's starting point guard. And you kind of knew he was good, but I didn't think he'd be a 20-point-a-game score in the SEC good. Um, and he's their best player. Grant Nelson was their transfer um, from one of the Dakotas. I don't know it off the top of my head. And he was kind of supposed to be their go-to. And he's been really good, 12 a game. Uh, you can tell he's getting more adjusted now to playing higher-level basketball. And Aaron Estrada, Ryland Griffin, also guys that are giving uh, Coach Oates double figures. I like this team. They're going to score. They're they're going to put up 70-plus a game, and that's a given. It's just how does that defense translate to March? Um, I like when you you can score a lot, but I also like when you can be consistently reliable defensively, and I don't know if they have that. And Alabama hasn't, under NATO, it's done really well in the NCAA tournament. So those are my concerns with them. Yeah, if they get hot and just – like they can score better than anyone in the country. Um, they can just light it up from deep. And if they just get hot and stay hot, like they'll win the national championship. The, the thing is, that is very unlikely that they just stay hot. They have they have games where they just looks like they forget how to play, honestly. Um, and or their offense just doesn't show up, and then they they lose a bad one or they get blown out or something. Like they just got blown out by Auburn, which obviously isn't Auburn's a very good team. But yeah, I, I think that. Um, this team is not built to win in the tournament because, I mean, you might beat the first team by 30, might beat the second team by 30. You could even beat the fourth team, but there's going to eventually with this team, but what, what, what they've shown us is eventually they will have a game where they're cool. Um, so no matter what game that is, it only takes one loss in the tournament to not win a national championship. And I think, uh, I do not see them having 
what is it, eight games in a row of of just flamethrower. That's just not going to happen. Uh, that never happened. So yeah, Alabama doesn't to me doesn't have a chance. Alabama's rival coming at fourteen, Auburn. Auburn does it the exact opposite way. They they guard Bruce Pearl as a historically great coach defensively. Um, they're led by Johnny Broom. He is a really, really versatile big man. Uh, of note, Jalen Williams, who's their second best player, is hurt. He hurt his knee, I believe, in the Kentucky game. It looks like a few weeks, but that's definitely something you got to keep an eye on because if he doesn't come back, this team is a prime candidate, in my opinion, to get bounced in the first round or the first weekend because i just not very high on Auburn. I think they have a lot of really good talent, but they also have some crazy guys like Katie Johnson, who's there. He's, he's, he's kind of Coleman Hawkins like, but he's not, I would, he's definitely not as hateable as Coleman Hawkins is, but this guy, he will get teed up just, I mean, for walking out on the court sometimes like the guy's crazy. He's a, I think Bruce Pearl has said this guy's got a screw loose and it makes sense. Um, so I'm not that high on Auburn. If I've had to pick between Auburn and Alabama, I would, uh, Probably actually pick Auburn. I know I just said how good Alabama was, but I would probably still give Auburn the nod because they guard, and guarding is something I value more than scoring at a high level. Yeah, I like Auburn better than Bama. And honestly, before uh, the Jalen Williams injury, which obviously he still could be back, um, they were kind of a sneaky team for me to to go all the way out. Sneaky, not I don't think it's not. It's likely it's going to happen. But it could happen, um, especially Bruce Pearl has, has shown that he is a good tournament coach. He can coach his teams far and, and deep into the tournament. Um, uh, Ken Palm uh, like, did like this team a lot. I, I'm not 100% sure if they still do, but um, I I really... Oh, Ken Palm loves yeah, them. Yeah, okay. Ken Palm still loves them. Update. And uh, I, I like... I. I they're a likable team. Like they, they, They're together. Bruce Pearl has proven that he can lead. Um, but the injury and they are sporadic, but I do, I do feel like it's a team that can just win and put, put some wins together and build momentum every game of the tournament and be one of those teams. That's like maybe almost like a Miami last year where it's like, Oh, like here they're actually just can't um, survive in advance, survive in advance. And I, I think they could be, um, they have potential to be this year's Miami. Um, and, and that's that's about, I think that's their ceiling. Rounding out the top 15, it's a team I know you like a lot. I like this team as well, and that's Creighton. Creighton has three guys averaging over 17 a game. I love that. That's like one of my big box checkers because they have three elite scorers in Baylor Shireman, Tyler Alexander, or Trey Alexander, and Ryan Kalkbrenner. All three different players. Shireman's your, he does it all. I mean, this guy... He is. He could get a triple-double some nights. He could make 8-3 some nights. Um, Trey Alexander's the ball handler, the just a steady point guard. And then Kalkbrenner's a really, really good big man. He, uh, he is a, he's the type of guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. He's taking 45 threes in the year, made 14 of them. But they also bring in a good transfer from Utah State and Stephen Ashworth. He's a... Uh, He's a guy that also, if Trey Alexander's in foul trouble, he'll handle the ball. He'll run the offense. Um, outside of them, they don't have much of a bench. Um, they have those four, and then they have kind of hodgepodge guys. Mason Miller, he's their other starter. But then Francisco Ferrabero, and then uh, Isaac Trott is their other guy. They don't go deep, um, and 
they are fully capable of making a run in this tournament and probably are the team that if I had to make a sneaky pick would be my pick is Creighton. Yeah, Creighton to me is a team that to me, I don't even call it sneaky. I think I think I'm just addicted to the drug of of thinking Creighton's really good. Um, they they have like those three those three scores averaging 17 or more. Baylor Shireman is so good. I mean they they're they're just so good. Um, and they have just a bunch of talent. They have it. Um, I feel like they have it on all three. I say like position groups between guard, wing, uh, post. I think it is. Um, it is a very. It's easy to see why so many people do like this team, and it's easy to see why I will not give up on this team, even with some of the the worst losses they've had this year. I think this team is so good, and come tournament time, they are going to give a lot of teams a lot of trouble, I think, in matchup-wise. So, um, yeah, I'm super high on Creighton, and I don't see that changing no matter what they do to close the season, unless someone gets injured. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. An injury to one of those three would be devastating, which that would be the case to a lot of these teams as well. The last team I want to mention they're number 17, it's Kentucky, um, and then Cole and I are going to give you the teams that we, uh, our few teams that we're thinking are going to win it all. You maybe kind of have inferred based on us talking the last hour, but Kentucky at 17, I, I want to talk Kentucky because really the last three weeks they haven't been healthy. Um, they've been missing a guy every game, it feels like. Last night, lose a heartbreaker to, at LSU, at the buzzer, crazy play if any of you watched it. Um, but they're missing Trey Mitchell in this game. They have all these guys that just have these odd injuries, like hamstrings. It's like sometimes it's like they're loan, they're load managing like their games. It's like random games you just see guys missing. But they have scores. They have proven scores. Antonio Reeves almost twenty a game. Rob Dillingham comes off the bench. This guy is fun to watch. He is, he is fun. That's all I can say. And then I love Reed Shepard. He runs, he runs the. Uh, Team, when he comes in, he's their guy that comes off the bench with Dillingham most of the time, but those two finish the game, and that's all that matters. Um, they got to get more out of DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards. Edwards was a five-star. Wagner was a five-star. Um, they're not being, they're not playing horrible. Uh, Wagner's at over 10 a game. Edwards is at eight a game, but you got to see an improvement from them going into March. Um, and Aaron Bradshaw, another guy, they got to get more out of the bigs. They're not getting much outside of Trey Mitchell. So that's kind of my analysis on Kentucky. Didn't really give you a weakness because they're number 17. They have a lot more weaknesses than the other teams. But I do think this is a team that if they can get healthy, I think you could see a deep run from Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, this could be – I mean, they, they have a lot of lottery picks on this team. This is a very, very good team with a ton of talent, guys who can just take over. Um and I think, like, what if uh, Zvonimir Visic, um, I hope I said that right, what, what if he just it just it clicks for him come tournament time? Like, I think that would be an absolute game changer. One, it would add more depth to that team. Um, and two, like, he would just, like, he, I think if he figures it out, like, maybe it somehow just automatically clicks, like, that will take a team to a new level. Um, I remember uh, going back to that 2013 Mitch McGarry team uh, or uh, Michigan team. Mitch McGarry turned it on like he was fine in the regular season. wasn't great. wasn't even starting the whole regular season. Then come tournament time, he it, something all just clicked. He was a freshman and it just turned on. And he went nuts. I think Mitch McGarry was a better prospect and um, was doing better in the regular season than uh, Ivisic was. Um, but I think if he turns it on, this team can can go go crazy. 
Um, but I like, yeah, I mean, Rob Dillingham is so good. Uh, Reed Shepard is so good. I mean, they're just, they're just so fun to watch it. And it almost, it gives me a little bit like of a, they always have, I feel like that duo that's so fun to watch at Kentucky, um, when they're both hot, like it was Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox back then, um, a few years ago. And, um, I think Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard are, are some of the best to watch when they're, when they're out there together. And, uh, Reed Shepard, like that's a real NBA talent. Um, he's a little undersized. I think some people are going to maybe overthink him a little bit, but I think he is a real NBA talent. Um, I think his game translates really well. And I, yeah, Kentucky, they can go as far as they want and they can also lose in an instant. And that's just why they're number 17 in the country right now and not a top 10 team. Totally agree. Cole, give me your, let's wrap this up with who are your uh, favorites right now to win the tournament. And it's okay if you're chalk, cause I'm probably going to have some chalk in here. Well, you're, you're chalk Jeff. So that is true. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I, disclaimer, one of my teams is not UConn. I think they're really good. Um, I think they have a great chance to do it, but they're not going to be in my top four teams that I personally like. Um, give me two, three, and four in Houston, Purdue, and Arizona. Uh, I like those three teams a ton. Um, obviously, you heard all the reasons I like those three teams already. Um, Arizona, I'm, I'm very high on, and, and I'm definitely going to um, throw some money on. And um, Lastly, it's, it's North Carolina. I do really think that they have the makeup. I know their losses scare me. They definitely do. Um, but I think they have the makeup to, to really make a good run at it and the experience to really make a good run at it. Um, and and I, I like the way that, that, um, that roster is built. And I just, I like the experience they have, the veterans they have. And, um, I, I think they're a team that can get punched in the face and, and not, and, and hit right back and not go down. So yeah, that's, those are my, my four teams and, and I don't know, we'll have to keep note of this to see, see who was right in February. So chalk Jeff is going to start it off right at the top and go the tier one in college basketball of UConn, Purdue and Houston. I really just think they're the three best teams. Um, I think they have all the things I'm looking for in a team to make a run in March. Now, People are also going to probably, most of the people are going to pick these teams. So what I'm going to have to do is win uh, the, how the other games go and pick some upsets because I think a lot of people are going to pick them. But I'm also throwing Duke into this mix. I, I do like Duke a lot. I like that you have North Carolina. I have Duke. Um, I, I think this Duke team, I think Filipowski is a guy that's going to be smart. He's going to play smart, and he's not going to get in foul trouble. Um, I know it's easier said than done, and as long as he does that, this team is up there in terms of most talent in the country. And I love Kentucky. I, If they can just be healthy, and that's a big if, um, if, if they have all five guys, if they can roll out there night one of the NCAA tournament and start um, a lineup of Reeves, Wagner, because this is usually who they've been starting, Reeves, Wagner, Edwards, Bradshaw, and Mitchell. Those five, and then you bring Shepard and Dillingham and Adu Tierro off the bench. I like that team a lot, and I think that team has some swagger to them, and I think they could do good in March. So this was our big primer here. I know we're still a few weeks away, but we wanted to get this to you guys. We wanted we're, we, Cole and I have been missing the podcast. It's been a while. Um, we're going to be consistent through the end of the season for sure, giving you all of the college basketball news going into conference tournaments and March Madness. Cole, any final thoughts? 
um, it's it's just the time to watch. You know, you gotta. It's, it's time to prove your your worth to beat your coworkers. I mean, you got you got to study now um, to beat beat your friends, make that money um, on your bracket. And there's nothing like nothing like a bracket, nothing like late college basketball. So yeah, it's it's it, it is. You know, we're we're off the hangover from football, and it is the time to to kick your feet right back up again and and watch some ball. We are glad to have you all back for another episode of Degree in Sports. We will be back next week to recap a really high-level weekend of college basketball. See you later.